You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. How do you promote good cyber hygiene and do so all through the convenient medium of a managed services contract? Sound interesting? Sound impossible? It's not. It can be done, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today on the MSP Zone. Uh Promoting cyber hygiene is what MSPs do every day, day in and day out. It's part of their their daily jobs. It's it's what they do. It's in their DNA. Um, but MSPs are limited in what they can do because ultimately they don't make the decisions um, their customers do. The customers have to uh, authorize and okay work to be done in their organization by this outsourced organiz- you know, this outsourced MSP. And that's where we start to get into these sticky issues that we are now talking about as a profession. And um, before we get any further, I, uh, it's impossible for me to do this by myself. So once again, we're very privileged to have Rob Scott from Scott & Scott LLP uh, out of uh, Dallas, uh, north of Dallas, uh, Texas, um, joining us and participating in our conversation about this topic. Rob, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Charles. Good to be with you. Okay, so I'm just going to dive right in here because we've got a lot of material to to cover, and we we may actually have to carry this over into uh, part two, uh, episode two of of this uh, series. But we have talked, you and I, about how contracts play a, a really critical role in managed service providers and their relationships with customers. And we've talked about security. We've talked about cybersecurity this year a lot. Um, I, I remember, you know, years and years ago, you given a session at MSP World and somebody in the audience saying, well, I, I don't really need a contract. I, I just I just have a, you know, agreement and shake their hand and that's it. And, you know, that I, I'm, I'm happy to say, I hope that that's not a practice anymore. But um, today, my, my first question is, as MSPs are increasingly coming under attack uh, because they are the frontline defense for a lot of their customers, and the MSPs are advocates for good cyber hygiene, but they can't enforce policy, meaning they can't force their customers to, to take certain action, uh, the, the question to you is, how should an MSP start to conceptualize this uh, desire to enforce cyber hygiene when they're an outsourced entity? Well, I, I think a lot of it is how you build your offerings. It's how you propose the solutions. And it's how you contract with customers around the specific security offerings that you're going to provide. And at that contract level, you need to make it abundantly clear that uh, where the customer has an incident uh, related to privacy and security and has not implemented recommendations regarding 
uh, solutions that were available but declined, that the MSP has no responsibility uh, related to either um, answering for damages related to such claims or providing services without you know, compensation at their regular hourly rates. And I think in the end, it's about, you know, you're the MSP, you're the trusted advisor. You've got to make sure that you're taking on clients that are, you know, agreeing to implement at least sort of the most basic measures, what I would refer to as core managed services security. And by that, I would mean, you know, basic firewall, basic antivirus, basic anti-malware, and then also offering a broader suite of managed security services to be contracted for separately under a managed security services agreement. So I, I, I'm picking up a, um, you know, some, some legal um, themes here, which, you know, uh, a minimum standard is, is what I'm hearing you say that MSPs in whatever area of discipline they are practicing, they should have that core set of managed services that would be appropriate and a, that minimum foundation for, again, wh- whether it's backup, whether it's server monitoring, whether it's uh, application monitoring, there's going to be a, a, a core suite of things that the MSP does to, that, 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 that's a minimum threshold that, that you shouldn't go below. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, and the reason for that, Charles, is in privacy and security law, the liability trigger is based on negligence. And any theory of negligence postulates a reasonable person or reasonable company in that situation, just like, you know, a car accident standard. So uh, the MSP's client will be judged by whether or not they acted reasonably in protecting their customer data. The MSP will similarly be judged in terms of whether they acted reasonably in performing the services under the contract. So what this base standard would be, you know, a reasonably prudent company in the position of the MSP's client would have implemented the following solutions. I think we could all say antivirus is on the list. I think we could all say that some sort of firewall is on the list. You know, reasonable minds can differ on, you know, the other end of the spectrum is, um, you know, is, is uh, security awareness training a, a minimum? You know, people could argue both sides of that. Uh, is a third party stock as a service required? I think we could all agree not. Yeah, it, so it's it's going to be what's reasonably prudent for a customer in that situation. And I think when the MSP crafts its core offering, it should be thinking about an offering that would place the customer in a position that if sued in a privacy case would be able to say that they acted reasonably under the circumstances. Yeah. And that should, that should be core. In other words, by core, I mean, don't take on a customer who won't let you do those things. Okay. So, so that's a good, that's a good starting point for a conversation because I think it, it represents the numerical majority of MSPs globally. Uh, and let's just call them the, the prototypical uh, MSP servicing small, medium-sized businesses where the MSP is more than likely going to be the, if not the entire IT department, they're going to they're gonna be the majority of the IT department, at least in terms of, of, of the 
of the horsepower. They're actually doing the work and they may even be advocating or creating policy to be uh, authorized by the, by ownership or, or management. L- l- let's talk about, you know, I, I think ransomware is a pretty good example. Everyone knows about it. They've been hearing about it. Uh, right. A, a prototypical general practitioner MSP has all these things you just l- listed, antivirus, firewall management offerings, uh, probably web filtering uh, of some sort. They've got backup as a service, most likely. They may even have a SIM or a SOC as a service. But the customers start to look at those and they and they start to say, well, I don't want this. How much does that cost a month? No, I don't think I'm going to go for that. How should an MSP deal with a customer who starts to pick apart those things, whether it's on a financial or budgeting reason or for some other reason? They don't, they don't want to go for it. Like maybe I don't want to hassle with multi-factor authentication, right? Don't, don't include that in my offer. Yeah, so, so I think it depends. If it's multi-factor authentication, I think that's fine. If, you know, customers are refusing to go with the most basic types of security solutions uh, and you feel that it exposes them, then you've got a choice to make. Uh, One is uh, don't take that customer or leave that customer. And two is to insert into your customer contracts a provision that we use with our clients that says uh, if the MSP makes recommendations uh, that the regarding security and privacy solutions and the customer declines them that the customer is responsible for anything that happens and in fact will indemnify the provider for issues that arise by virtue of their failure to implement recommended solutions so now you recommend to the client we we think you need to do this the client for whatever reason says no now there's an incident that could have been prevented by the solution that was declined and the contract clearly states that the MSP is not legally responsible for anything that happens. Okay, so so following on your example, let's let's take uh, backup as a service. So very common, you know, bit, service that's been around for ages. Most MSPs know how to do it and do it well. And a customer says, "You know what? I'm not going to pay for that." doesn't matter what else the MSP is delivering. If, if ransomware happens to slip past the, the, uh, the perimeter and, and in, impacts the customer, what, what would your guidance be uh, for an MSP who says, I've, I've got maybe one or a handful of customers who are just not buying backup as a service and they're not doing it themselves? That, that's a significant problem, I would think. Uh, that's a huge problem from a business continuity perspective. I mean, that's uh, really bad um, with no DR uh, capability whatsoever. That's a tipping, ticking time bomb. So from a contractual perspective, there's two things that we do. Number one, um, with respect to um, ransomware specifically, I mean, with respect to uh, ransomware uh, specifically, uh, we have a provision that says that the in the event of ransomware, the customer can either pay the ransom or pay the MSP at their regular hourly rate, but that recovery of, from ransomware attacks 
is not included. And I put that in there regardless of whether the customer is declining the DR. In addition to that, um, we in our contracts have a provision, which is, I think, somewhat controversial, that says unless otherwise identified in a specific statement of work, the customer is responsible for making their own local backups of their critical data. Not the MSP. Not the MSP. The MSP is providing a service. In many instances, reselling a service through a third party. It would be foolish for the client to rely on a single source of failure for their disaster recovery. And so the idea that a customer would say, I'm not taking a local backup, that's what I'm paying you for. The answer to that is, no, that's not true. You're paying me to take a backup. And your backup is redundant of mine, and mine is redundant of yours. So, yes, you're paying me to run this off-site uh, backup as a service solution for you. But that doesn't mean that you're uh, absolved of taking your own responsibility for, for you know, backing up your data so- uh, and protecting it. So I, I'm I'm hearing uh, maybe the inference that the the, the customers cannot expect 100% indemnification and therefore behave in any manner they see fit because if ransomware hits them, uh, they will be made whole by the restoration of that MSP's backup copy. And as you you know, and many other MSPs know, the, the ransomware variants are changing, right? They're, they're not just going to encrypted file lockup. They're, they're actually going to exfiltration and then threatened, you know, blackmail and release of that information if they don't pay. So backup doesn't solve everything. And, and we recognize that, but you, you're, you're really throwing down the gauntlet of saying MSP and customer need to have more dialogue and more understanding and, and training, right? You're, you're really advocating for training an understanding between MSP and customer on these really difficult issues. Look, yeah, I think it, and the reason we put these provisions in our contracts is number one, we want to protect the MSPs from the sort of horrors that I've seen in this area. I mean, customer data goes missing because a backup service failed and now they want to sue the MSP for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for lost data when, you know, why didn't they have any, backups you know where's their independent data protection where's the redundancy in this plan right and i think i think you gotta you know you gotta counsel the client that way and then when there's a you know more importantly when something happens that's when you go look at the contract and it'll be clear in my contract that the msp is not responsible for the ransomware neither paying it nor remediating that the, the MSP will do the backups, but there's no guarantee that they'll work and that the, that the client is responsible for backing up their own data. And the reason I put that in there, Charles, is not only because I think it's good policy and creates a good dialogue with the client, but, but legally speaking, if the client is responsible to take their own local backup and the service provider's backup fails and the client sues, as a defense attorney, I've got a great argument that even though my backup failed and even though it was negligent, 
you wouldn't have been injured if you did what you were obligated to do and take your own backup. So don't ask me to pay for what you didn't do. Sure. And so it creates a much stronger legal defense in a lost data case due to a failed backup, which I still think is one of the highest exposure areas in managed services. Participating in your own survival, as I like to say. There you go. All right. Shared responsibility. Yeah, no, no, per- perfectly acceptable. So, so here, here's where I think, uh, and maybe you could shed some light on this. I, I, I believe firmly that it is practice in the larger managed services community, and I think this is global, that the MSPs will tend to go beyond even what is in the agreement and do things for their customers because they are trying to be good uh, good MSPs, just good business partners for their customers. And I have I have believed and, and advocated, and, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, that that could get the MSP into trouble when they get to the point where the customer or customers begin to take their foot off the pedal. They start to become um, careless in their behavior because they believe the MSP is there and will always pick up the pieces and make them whole again from a digital or an IT perspective. It, it, is, is it enough to have the contract updated to say these things or what, what role does training and you know actually going through the agreement and saying, are you declining backup? Are you aware of backup and what role it plays or multi-factor authentication or depending on the scenario, there, there's always a clincher, right? There's always one critical thing that the customer should probably have that maybe they don't do. What, what's your thoughts on that? I do think, it, you know, you always have talked about managed services, Charles, as, you know, a profession. You know, that the, the, the true MSP is the trusted advisor of a client. And in that way, I think the, the professional advisor tells the client what the risks are, explains to the client, you know, uh, what the client's responsibilities are and where that line is, where the service ends and the client is still responsible for certain things and that that's well understood going in, and it's well documented in the contracts. I think that there's a, it's important. You know, it's not just about, oh, I offered it and the proposal and they declined it. Okay, okay, they declined it, but did you explain to them that under your contract, the fact that they've declined it means that if anything happens, um, they're really going to be unprotected. They're going to be out on their own with nowhere to recover, and and our insurance is not going to be able to help them. And, um, uh, you know, they, uh, if they have their own insurance, uh, what they're, what they're declining would be a minimum recommendation for any carrier that's underwriting cyber, you know, having these discussions about risk and risk balancing. And what is the implication of you turning down this $200 item per month? It's not just a sales discussion. It's a, a security discussion as well. It, it seems like that there could be, uh, you bringing up sales, there, it sounds like there could be a really um, elegant and powerful sales tool that every MSP salesperson or team could easily implement, which is a graduated uh, pricing decline 
for every new core security service that the MSP uh, offers to the customer. Meaning, you know, if the, if the customer starts off at ground zero and they have a really high rate because they're just getting the minimum, the bare minimum, if they add backup as a service or multi-factor and they start layering on more protect protections that the MSP could actually give them preferential pricing treatment. Do, do you see that and do, do you advocate for that? I do see it because most MSPs are using a bundled approach and the more services that get bundled, the more they're willing to wiggle a bit on the gross margin that's anticipated. And to the extent that, you know, implementing solution a suddenly reduces labor or, you know, there's an area that, you know, you've been spending a lot of time trying to fix and it's because you've been band-aiding it. And now the solution comes along and, you know, now our total time and total effort is reduced uh, and therefore can pass some of that savings on to the client. So, yes, I, I, I see that. I advocate for it. You know, the other thing that I think is important is leading with security. Managed services are security services. You know, security is the priority. If you at you know, if you survey businesses, whether SMB, mid-market, or, or large enterprise, and you ask, what is your priority for IT? It's privacy and security. So um, leading with privacy and security helps from a sales perspective, demonstrating expertise in privacy and security. You know, I am aware of many MSPs who have come up on the networking side of the business who um, – felt like they didn't have the expertise in security to be offering managed security services beyond core. And what I think today is you don't have a shot. If your approach is I'm not going to be in managed security services. And so I think it can be a, a, a sales benefit. I think you can do interesting things with bundling. We talked a little bit about the idea of bundling security awareness training in core managed services, which you know has not been done uh, very frequently. Most MSPs are offering as an add-on, but I like the idea of you know including in core the third-party managed security services like No Before or others, where all of your customers are getting training and your job is to monitor who's not doing the training and give reports to your customers and use that as a way to establish that trusted advisor role where, you know, you, you've got tools in place to know who in the organization is doing the training and who isn't, who in the organization is, you know, clicked on a, on a, on a fake uh, malware email and, you know, making management and leadership aware of that. These are high perceived value types of activities, way more than, you know, hard drive utilization and disk space. So, yeah, this is this is really good, uh, good stuff, Rob. If I know there's a lot of MSPs out there thinking, okay, what are my core managed services? What's my minimum standard for delivering services to my customers? And they may have a good idea, but they may not have a complete idea. If they approached you, is that the type of thing that you're 
your services would would kind of articulate in a legal document fashion, which is, okay, what is it that you deliver? To whom do you deliver these services? And then do you help them craft that into a, you know, articulate legal phrase? Yes, absolutely, Charles. So, you know, part of the services that we provide is to develop a modular approach to customer contracting. And uh, now, uh, as, as we've talked about in the past, many of our clients are moving to a web-based model for managed, servicing contra- managed services contracting. And y- y- when you're in a modular arrangement and you're looking at the, the, the service agreements, you've got your managed services agreement. That's monitoring, right? That's, man- you know, um, the basic patching, you know, that's desktop support. You know, this is the, just the core managed services. It also probably will include some security services, antivirus, could be malware detection, could be web filtering, could be spam filtering, could be um, firewall as a service. So the question really is in the core, you put all of the services that all customers take um, and in your managed security services, you put in your additional services a la carte. Some people put security awareness training in there. Um, certainly um, SOC as a service would be there. Um, um, uh, intrusion uh, prevention would be there. Pen testing and other consulting of that type would be in the managed security services. Some people uh, include firewall as a service in the managed security services because um, they have a lesser firewall offering in the core. Um, so I, I really, uh, to answer your question, yes, we help our clients make these decisions. We have templates that we've you know, developed uh, that give clients suggestions for how to bundle these things. And then, of course, once the client decides how they want to bundle it, we package it all up in a in a uh, modular set of documents that includes the client's proposal or quote and uh, all of the master services agreements, all the various service attachments, and then any additional data processing agreements that may be required for regulatory purposes. So as we, as we progress through this, this, pandemic reopening, and we really start to grapple with the tremendous shift uh, uh, to work from home and everything that that uh, involves, which we've already talked about at, at some length in, in these podcast discussions. Um, I, I feel like we really are now at the, at the starting edge of a campaign to raise awareness both at the MSP and then at the customer level of this minimum standard, this core, as you call it, foundation of managed services, minimum framework, right? And and what every MSP should be doing for their unique service and customer vertical market and getting that articulated into their agreements, making sure that those agreements are are read by the sales team and that they understand how to walk customers through it. Because obviously that's we've we've heard the horror stories from many years ago uh, of the sales team just writing in anything and they can just to get the deal signed and let the service team figure out how to deliver it. I, I think what what you're saying is clearly 
those days are over. Those days are gone because that's not a safe way to conduct business as an MSP. True. That's that's correct. And and the structure of how we're approaching things, Charles, is, you know, the service descriptions typically come out of a quoting tool. That's you know standard. You know, not you know, sales guy can't really change it. And then the the legal terms and conditions are driven from the service descriptions from the quoting tool with very little customization in the description of services and no uh, need to uh, articulate the specific line item services in the service agreements themselves. So, you know, the way we're approaching the customer contracting is uh, designed to eliminate these sort of one-offs for every customer and to create a standardized platform for all customer contracts where the MSP could go look at the order or the quote and understand just from looking at that, uh, everything about that client relationship in terms of what they've ordered and what terms and conditions apply to each of the service offerings. So uh, to wrap up, all you MSPs out there that haven't done this, uh, go do it. Uh, if you've got your own attorney, have them start working on this immediately. If you don't have a, an MSP attorney or an attorney who understands managed services, privacy, security law, contact Scott and Scott. They're a great firm represented, represent, I don't know how many, probably dozens, if not hundreds of, of MSP Alliance members, uh, all over. Um, and then Rob, we really ought to talk sometime in the future about about customers, right? Customers who listen to this program, read, you know, our, our materials, they should be read up on and aware of this change in their own behavior. And, and that, that there are expectations that we have of them to be good stewards and to practice safe cyber hygiene. And part of that is, look, if you're not going to use an MSP, fine, but you should be doing it yourself. If you're not doing it yourself, the next best thing is, get an MSP who knows what they're doing and, and get them involved. And the other thing is, you know, hiring an MSP is not the end of the discussion any more than you would, you know, turn the keys over to some other part of your business, 100% to a vendor. There's some vendor management uh, involved in engaging a managed services firm. And not only is there vendor management involved, there are, some pieces that the customer should be thinking about specifically in the area of insurance and first party liability insurance. And then also in their own independent backup, whether it's a, a backup that they're performing on their own through their own employees, or maybe it's a redundant backup with a second provider that's focused exclusively on backup and disaster recovery. But the point of the matter is that for those end users out there, who are learning about managed services from a procurement perspective. Um, managed services are great. I use my law firm as a managed service provider, uh, and we are thrilled with them. They're great. We, we couldn't do it without them. But at the same time, we manage them. We get reporting from them. There are things that we do independent of what they're doing. And it's important for the end user to understand that the – MSP is not going to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens, that you need to protect yourself with your own insurance, and you need to really understand uh, what are the gaps in the services that are being provided from the MSP versus 
those best practices for security and privacy that you need to implement maybe on top of or in addition to uh, what's being offered by your provider. Great advice as always. Uh, unfortunately, not enough time to uh, to cover the rest of it, but we'll we'll have you on in uh, in the short uh, in the near near term future, Rob, to talk about some of these other issues that uh, you know we just seem to come up with a never ending list of stuff to talk about. So that's I guess that's a good thing. But um, appreciate you coming on the show again. My pleasure, Charles. And until next time, this is Charles Weaver with MSP Zone. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.